Are you currently a young woodsman in a forest? Have you ever thought there's gotta be more to life than lumber? Like maybe, just maybe, you were really the most powerful man in the universe. Follow Zor and Masters Cast, and you too may find out the truth. This is Masters Cast, the first He-Man and She-Ra podcast, episode number 47 for Sunday, August 12th, 2012. Hey, thanks for downloading. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. Oh, I'm next. Um, I am Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. I'm Josh Lioncourt, also known as Lioncourt. And we confused Martin because, <laughs> unfortunately, Katie can't be here today. But fortunately, we have a special guest to fill her space. So, mystery guest, introduce yourself. I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratus Macca. Woo! And Leanne is one of the, we won't say old timers like myself, uh, that originate <laughs> one of back. The ancient ones. Yeah. That'll originate back to the ye old Guardians of Grayskull mailing list. Ooh. Yeah. Long, long or ago. The, the, Those were the days. The scrolls of Grayskull. Yes. The yeah. scrolls. Yeah. See. Hopefully. That's very old school. <laughs> but that's why we're cool. Adam Tyner's old original site. Yep. Yep. He always had that big picture of He-Man. Yep. And I, when I would show the website to friends and family, whatever, we can't read any of the text because the picture's in the way. Let's <laughs> <laughs> with the picture. Uh, so, Josh, newsman, do you have anything you need to go over before we uh, delve into yield subscription of 2013? I don't believe so. There hasn't been any uh, new announcements toy-wise of late that's not related to the subscription. So, All right. So the big, big hubbubaloo, if I may use that term, uh, <laughs> that, that was going on. You may not. <laughs> oh. So the big drama in the world of He-Man and She-Ra was that um, for some reason... The 2013 subscription for Masters Universe Classics at MaddieCollector.com uh, was apparently not getting a lot of traction um, sales-wise. So Mattel let us know that uh, now we have a problem. Uh, <laughs> now who? Now I bought a subscription. Josh, did you buy a subscription? Yes, I subscribed the uh, the the first day they went on sale. I I subscribed once I got back from San Diego. Martin, did you buy a subscription? Uh, I did eventually. Okay. <laughs> and now, Leanne, did you buy a subscription? No, I did not. Ah. Um, actually, this is the first time I have not um, 
bought a subscription. All right. Well, then let's let's start off with that because I know that Katie um, hasn't bought the subscription. I believe last year, and she wasn't going to buy it this year. What are you, what are the reasons for you finally saying, eh, not going to go for the subscription this time? Um, I know the prices kind of went up, but that wasn't really an issue for me. Um, it was mostly uh, that I wish more had been revealed what we were going to see this year or this the next year. And also what they did show wasn't enticing enough for me. And I uh, was, you know, like this, this year, I mean, I know it's, it's kind of, that's the risk you run with a subscription is that you're going to get stuck with figures you don't want. Um, but I don't know. I just kind of, I was on the fence for a while and, uh, just decided that I'd I'd prefer to cherry pick my figures this time. Dun dun dun. <laughs> I was well. We were speaking with Josh uh, earlier before we started recording, and I wish that they would offer um, an, another tier of subscription that wouldn't benefit you, but that would just give you everything, even these non-subscription items. Because I would actually even go for that because it's easier than the hassle of having to buy. A day of are you scared that you might not get the ones you want because of the hard day of sales um not really just because i know there's there's other ways i can i can obtain them if i don't manage to get them from maddie collector on the day but um i don't know i mean i figure if i'm saving money by not getting the entire subscription next year then I can probably spend a little bit more to get the figures I actually want. Hmm. If you so you said they didn't show enough in, like uh, enticing figures. If they right. would do that for 2014, so next year's San Diego, would you? Do you ever think you could be persuaded to buy a, a subscription again? Yeah, I mean, if if they showed figures that I mean, because I'm Ram Man was cool. I've been waiting for Ram Man. Um, Grandamir was awesome. Um, but like the fighting foemen, like I just don't care. Um, you know, I mean, I can understand why some people would want them, but I don't know. I'm, I guess as we get closer to the end, I mean, yeah, we've gotten a lot of the core characters, but as we get kind of towards, I guess, some of the other characters, I'm more, I'm just being picky, pickier <laughs> now. Well, for all of us, what are our uh, fighting foemen? I don't think any of us are really that gung-ho over, right? Nah. <laughs> I I don't have as big a problem with them as some do. They wouldn't have been a top choice either, but I don't mind them. Now, what if a lot of people uh, on the He-Man.org forums were throwing out the, well, we should have got like a Horde Trooper three-pack. See, I would have been okay with that. I, I think that would have been way more enticing, yeah. Right, yeah. Hmm. Um, and even like what Natasa was one, right? Mm-hmm. That they mentioned. Um, I mean, yeah, that's okay, but uh, like Glimmer would have been cool, you know. I mean, if you're gonna do the the Princess of Power stuff, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just I agree because the say the people there are a lot there are you know people that don't really care for the Princess of Power side of things, even though that is part of you know Master of the Universe. So I, if they, if you see Natasa, who was the lower tier character, you know, she's only in like what two episodes of the cartoon. Don't quote me on that. Um, but 
you know, she's kind of known because she was a really rare figure for back in the day. Right. Yeah. But I think someone like Glimmer, who is in, you know, a lot of the episodes, would be more accepted. Like, oh, well, yeah, Glimmer is one of the main ones, so maybe I want her. That, that type of appeal. Right. So, I mean, and I'm, and I'm not a, a new adventurous person. Sorry, uh, Martin <laughs> and John. Um, but even if uh, they had released New Adventures He-Man or New Adventures Skeletor, like I would have been like, all right. Mm-hmm. That's a good you point. Know. Yeah. They, um, I'm surprised it, we it, haven't gotten them yet. You know, they released what slush head or whatever. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> and slush head is the best one. Uh, <laughs> besides I mean, Master Sebrian. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> But I w- um, I brought up the 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 horde three pack, um, because I would like, uh, and we'll we can go over this later when we talk about PowerCon. But I think everyone at PowerCon should ask Scott from Mattel when they see them for a baby stealing Hordak. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. Yeah. He could come in a three pack of horde troopers that comes with like a filmation Hordak head, and so you could plop his head. And it could also come with a He-Man head, and you could put a He-Man head on there, and then you have um, disguised Horde Trooper He-Man from Secret of the Sword. But if they, or they could do, and they could put a little baby with it, and then <laughs> he could have a little Adora in his hand, and he's stealing him. <laughs> I like that. that. I just wanted to uh, uh, to put that out there. But um, <clears throat> Josh, I know you had some like strong thoughts on the subscription problems. Uh, several things, some of which ties into what you guys have already uh, talked about a little bit here. But, um, yeah, I think the, the first three characters for next year are, uh, Natasa, Jutsu and Fang Man, as far as the monthly slots. And of course they showed Ram Man as our first deluxe figure. Ram Man's fine. I think Ram Man's a fairly high profile character. A lot of fans want, that was a good choice. The other three, I have no problems, actually, with those being in the subscription for the rest of the year. I think the problem was their position positioning at the beginning of the year. If you look at 2012, our first three slots were the Sorceress, Fisto, and Cobra Khan. And I think you can argue that those are all three very high-profile characters. A lot of fans of each of those characters. Definitely not of these three. So... Even, I think, for a lot of fans that uh, ended up with the subscription anyway, it wasn't a way to get them to hurry up and get to the website and subscribe right now. Mm. Uh, there was no, uh, you know, it, it didn't get you excited for 2013, I think, if you're uh, anything but the hardest of hardcore fans. Uh, I. The- I agree with that. Like even Fang Man, like you know, I'm big filmation, right? Always filmation over toys. I seriously could care less if we ever got a Fang Man figure. Yeah, well, I'm I'm looking forward to it, but it should. Uh, I think it should have been pushed back later in the year. Mm-hmm. If because these three figures, these are the make or breaks. These are the ones to get people to subscribe. Doesn't make sense that it was these three. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, Glimmer, like you guys were saying, Glimmer should have been the Princess of Power offering. Um, Jitsu is maybe okay. There's probably other... Uh, He's kind of second tier, maybe, right? I, I would push him maybe third. even down to like third or fourth tiers. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's got... He's got a few fans out there, but I don't think he's... 
I don't think he's that uh, that special. And if you're going to do a filmation character, now look, we've only gotten so far as of right now, we've only gotten Shadow Weaver as far as filmation uh, characters go. We are getting uh, Eternos Palace Randor uh, this year as our our fourth uh, variant. So that's great. But if you're going to go with uh, another filmation character to try to entice people to subscribe, you got to go with one of the the big names. You got to go with something like a Shakoti, something that that people are are really uh, really wanting, and they they didn't do that. So I think they missed the mark on all of that. And I th- I think tying in with all all of this and just exacerbating the problem was I think as a con exclusive. Vicron was not a good choice. Um, if they wanted to make it at some point, fine. Uh, but I think that it's so obscure that any any fans that weren't already uh, aware of the classics line, this was not a figure that was going to make them more aware of it. This wasn't a, a figure to appeal to casual fans. This wasn't going to get anybody um excited about the line and i think I, th- I think that's what the the exclusives particularly somewhere like uh this comic-con uh where you've got a lot of people that aren't strictly masters fans that's what they're there for they're there to drum up buzz about the line icron was not going to do that this uh, temple of darkness sorceress that they're doing that would have made more sense it's a recognizable character looks a lot like uh the the uh live-action movie, Sorceress, that should have been something at Comic-Con. Vicron should be saved for things like PowerCon and that sort of thing, where you've got a lot more of the hardcore fans, I think. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I thought I did not buy Vicron as a protest. Because, right, I say put your money where your mouth is or whatever. If you don't like it, don't buy it. So I didn't buy it because I thought it was stupid stupid exclusive um i i really feel like you said it needs to be something that draws attention to the brand and the hot wheels exclusive that was overpriced and vicron neither of those i don't think drove uh, in my opinion uh people to be like oh masters universe classics i like the idea of you know doing the sorceress run instead i l- i think i mentioned on the other podcast i would have liked to see they could have done the he-man from the new comic book with like the chain armor straps and stuff with a slightly different kind of color deco uh, he-man or hey maybe that's when they could have done like a new adventure skeletor or something we always get he-man you know as an exclusive how about uh, a skeletor he's the other whole you know huge high profile character yeah and i think it was time for a villain we've never gotten a villain exclusive since the classics started they've all been heroes that's a good point uh, and most of them have been high profile enough to draw attention. Queen Marlena, Orko and Prince Adam, even King Grayskull, because he's supposed to be a, a forebear of He-Man. He's recognizable. Even if you don't know the character, he's recognizable as, oh, this this looks like a former He-Man or this looks yeah. like a different version of He-Man. It's something recognizable. The I, I did get the Vicron uh, figure because I pretty much buy everything because I until I have it in hand, I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. So I'm kind of at a disadvantage there. But uh, but I didn't mind it. I liked it better than uh, I thought I would. I, th- I think I'm going to end up ultimately kind of mixing and matching uh, parts. But um, but I think it was uh, I think it was definitely lackluster and they, they need to do better in that regard next year as well. 
Yeah, I thought the best exclusive that Mattel offered this year was the free uh, Masters Universe uh, 30th birthday party hats and noisemakers. <laughs> I don't know. The uh, I know you didn't end up with one, The uh, but the 30th anniversary edition of the DC number one comic was pretty cool. The the one with the pe- like the, the line pencil. art, yeah, yeah. I did wish I would have gotten that, but you had to get Vicron, right? To uh, I don't know because I I was just at the booth and somebody just handed us one, so I don't know if there's uh, if you had to buy Vicron. I did buy Vicron, but it didn't seem like it was attached to that. Hmm. It was also on preview night, so it might have been preview night. They were just handing them out and and. Uh, Later, you had to get Vicron. I'm not sure. Could be. Uh, sometimes they're not organized, so they might have been handing it out, and then they were told, hey, you're not supposed to be giving those out. That could very well be, yeah. yeah so I just think, and I mean, I think a lot of people, go, going back to the, you didn't get people excited to subscribe right away. Uh, I think a lot of people did ultimately end up subscribing. We blew through the minimum on the last day if the numbers from Mattel are to be believed. That morning, we were at 91%, and by the next morning, we'd hit 135%. So that's a that's a lot of sales on the last day. So I, I think I do think a lot of it was you didn't get people excited enough to hurry up and put their subscriptions in. A lot of people did wait to the last minute. A lot of people probably were on the fence. And... Uh, if you don't want that to happen next year, you got to make sure those first three figures. And this this is the first year where I think those those opening three figures of the subscription were lackluster. Even yeah. the even the uh, the the bonus figure that we get with the subscription, which I think is actually a pretty cool figure. I'm not complaining about it, but it's not enough to get people excited. Like I think the uh, you know obviously Shadow Weaver was. Uh, obviously, uh, the Wondar or whatever, because you had the whole Wonder Bread uh, gimmick going on. Even the pre-Turnia Disguise He-Man, at least it was something based on something from the universe. Um, whereas King He-Man is very much sort of a creation of this current line in, and its own canon. So it's not something that people are clamoring for, I don't think, either. I was an on the fence subscribee <laughs> until well, yeah. What knocked you over the the fence there? Well, uh, it, it wasn't that I disliked most of the character choices. It's just that none of them got me very excited. And on top of that, the price increase <laughs> when combined with my customs, which I usually get now, um, I was just thinking, would it be worth it to subscribe? And I pretty much did it about an hour before they closed. I think <laughs> and I just oh, I'll go for it. <laughs> now, do you, like what does do you have like the uh, like, our general figure? Like, how much does it actually cost you as an international customer for one figure shipped with your customs charges and everything? Um, I think I never actually look at it anymore because <laughs> the subscription just does it for me. But it's like thirty dollars. And if it's two figures, then I always end up having to pay about, I suppose it would be about $20 extra in customs. Oh, wow. For you. Uh, which is like half the price of one figure. Mm-hmm. And the one I had for when they sent me the Griffin, Horde Prime, and Snake Man at Arms in the same package, 
that the customers for that was more expensive than the price of one figure. <laughs> so I was thinking, would it be worth it? But then I thought, eventually, at some point, I'll look on eBay <laughs> and go, um, I'll get this one and this one. I missed that one and that one. <laughs> and it'll end up costing me more anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll jump in one last time here, too, as far as the price increase. It really ended up being a almost a moot point for me, the cost increase. I... Up, uh, up until January of 2011, lived in California, where because that's where Mattel was based. I was paying sales tax on the items, and California sales tax is very, very, very high. Uh, here in where I live now in Pennsylvania on the East Coast, the uh, there there is no sales tax on the the Maddie Collector stuff. So for the last year and a half. I basically was paying about $5 less than I had been up until I came here. And now it's just back to where it was. <laughs> so <laughs> it didn't really bother me all that much. I'm just back to what I was paying in, in you know, 2009 and 2010. So It's a good way to look at it. Hey, you know what could get me back? If they give me a hawk figure. Or oh, if I they give hawk me a Birdman so- pack, like three packs, so I can build an army. That would be awesome. <laughs> Hawk was the figure I was so rooting for with the fans' choice stuff. That was the one I wanted, and it didn't yeah. make it. I was very sad. Yep. Well, now, since it's already over, um, Leanne, unfortunately, didn't get to vote. But Martin and Josh, what did you vote for when you subscribed for the the figure choices? I voted for um, the Cloak and Dagger Evelyn. As did I, actually. Oh, <laughs> I voted for Songster. <laughs> I nearly voted for Songster. <laughs> was it just me, or was the figuring out how to vote very complicated? It was. I spent some time just clicking everything on the page. <laughs> Maybe this will do it. <laughs> yeah, I had quite a, a difficult time. Um, yeah, it was, it was not well set up. But, I mean, let's face it, what on Maddie Collector is well set up <laughs> yeah well and what one Gel- geldor one Gel- i don't even know who that is <laughs> he was a character on the cover of a mini comic at one point in the distant past mm. see i saw the picture and he didn't look very impressive to me yeah and i believe what illumina came in second place um i don't remember the rest um but I don't get a songster. Honestly, I didn't really care about any of them. Like all of the ones I cared about didn't make it to the final list. So I really just didn't care. Well, yeah, like my big one right back in the day for that was, uh, I wanted everyone to vote for Huntara. Uh, but I still feel that Huntara is a bigger character that she should just be released anyway, mm. even though she was only in one episode. Like, to, you know, to me, she's way more than Fangman. Like, who cares? Yeah, definitely. Who cares about Fangman? Tara, <laughs> yes. I was very disappointed on the whole with their choices for the fan choice. Mm. I, none of the characters, I looked at them and none of them made me want to go, I would like a figure of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was mainly just because I wanted a more accurate Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. They, that, that was the only one that was one that I could say, yeah, I would want. I would actually want that. The rest yeah. of them really don't care. The ones, the one that I really wanted was Hawk, and she didn't make it. So, well, shall we move on? Are we done with the subscription? 
I don't want to cut anyone off. I think we are. Okay. Yeah. Well, one of the great things about having uh, Leanne on the show today is that she worked on the 2002 comic book series uh, that was put out by MV Creations. Woo! Yay! <laughs> Sorry, I don't have a applause machine. Um, <laughs> yeah, so real applause is better. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk about uh, all of the new comic books that came out. So we have the first issue of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe... Um, which is the six-part miniseries from DC Comics, available in print and in digital format. Then there's a separate series that's digital only and only called Masters of the Universe. Okay. And that one, we already talked about the Sir Laserlot issue, but between then and now, we've got Man-at-Arms, which was issue two, Battle Cat, which was issue three, and uh, King Randor, which was issue four. But um, let's start out with the big the big comic first, which is the main six-part miniseries that you can also buy in a comic store and own a physical copy of the book. So what are our initial thoughts on on that issue? Like, like if you could sum your reaction up to the issue in just a few words... Let's go around and say what what we would what what would be what's your initial reaction, Josh? Uh, very very well done and would make a great uh, basis for a film. Martin, hmm, interesting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Leanne. Um, I would say pleasantly surprised. And. I would say loved it. That was my reaction. Um, so for spoiler alert, for anyone that hasn't read it, go read it. Hit pause and go read it. Come back. Um, so anyway, the, uh, the story is basically set up as Adam doesn't know who he really is. He thinks he's a woodsman in a forest. His dad, for some reason, is not named Randor. Um... Zor the Falcon comes and kind of fiddles with Adam. Adam, well, that sounded horrible. <laughs> it really did. Um, Master's cast does not endorse bestiality, just yeah. in case you're wondering. Oh, man, I don't want to have to edit this. Um, so Zor comes and talks with Adam. Well, doesn't really talk, but kind of just like stares. And uh, it kind of makes Adam want to go venture off out of the woods. And um, when he does that, Beastman attacks him. Beastman knows who Adam is, which confuses Adam because he doesn't know who Beastman is. Um, Skeletor, of course, finds this out and orders that Adam uh, should be killed. And Skeletor is holding that red skull thing from the Sir Laserlot mini digital uh, that looks a lot like a Hordak type head. So... I really liked it just for the fact that it's different. It's not the same thing again. Like, oh, Adam's going to go get the sword at Grayskull. And he's going to find out he's He-Man. Like, it's a different twist. I appreciate the uh, uh, the different twist. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of what was done with the 2009 Star Trek movie, where... Uh, 
they didn't want to just tell the same old story. They wanted to have something new, something uh, epic. It, yeah, it still involved time travel and that sort of thing. But it was entering the the story at uh, at a different point and and also tweaking things a little bit. And I think I think it was a good move. They uh, the way it was put together was was really well done. And that all of that, everything you just said, is why I think it would actually work well as a film rather than just giving us another origin story film uh kind of pick up in the middle of the story um but with a great gimmick as far as how to introduce the various characters and things to a wider audience i think it's it's good very very well done what did we and leanne i'd really like to hear your opinion on this what did we think about i unfortunately josh can't see the art but i tried to describe it as best i could just like, you know, Mr. T- or Beastman looks a lot like Mr. T with a mohawk. Um, I, I didn't know if it was intentional or not, but sometimes Adam, and I'd like to think this was intentional, um, but it seems like I'd be giving them too much credit if it was. <laughs> They're like, sometimes Adam would look like, like a, to me, the way he was drawn, like more of like a weak little boy. And then at other times, like when he gets the courage to fight Beastman, he was drawn more like virile and and powerful looking sort of and then like once he's done kicking beast man it's uh behind he kind of like sunk back into like looking more like a little boy yeah that's true actually um now that you mention it you know i I know what you're saying um i thought i i thought the art was really nice um you remember when the was it the laser lot uh issue came out Mm -hmm. and Everybody was horrified by the uh, designs. Yes. Um, I think that actually, f- and and at the time, I was kind of like, well, that was like my first reaction was not a very positive one. But then I started thinking, well, maybe if I saw another artist tackle this, <clears throat> maybe it's more of an art style type thing. Um, I wondered how I would, if I would like the designs more. And in this issue, the, I think the art is, is, for the most part, is awesome. Um, and I think actually the designs look a lot better. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. I feel that the same designs are used right from laser lot or the same idea behind the design, uh, right. but they're executed way better in this issue. Yeah. And, um, and I agree with, uh, with everybody. It's, it's a, a nice twist on the story. Um, and it's funny cause it actually kind of, when I was like 13 or 14, I drew my own He-Man uh, comic type thing, and um, it was kind of the same sort of idea where Skeletor had taken over, you know, Eternia, and um, except I killed He-Man off in that one, and, um, and, <laughs> and, and but he had killed like a lot of the original characters and stuff, and so it was kind of like a new character was taking over and trying to take back the sword and all that stuff. So it kind of reminds me of that. Nice uh, comic, and actually Adam Tyner just—he uh, found some old scans that I had of that, and he sent them to me because I have no idea what happened. Oh, that's awesome! To, you have to uh, send this to me. <laughs> oh, the art is yeah. awful. <laughs> um, I mean, and the story's awful, but I mean, my heart was in the right place. Of course, it was. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but no, I think it's 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 an interesting way to introduce new readers to the story. So now you kind of you're going to go on a journey with Adam to find out what happened, and you know how that he was he-man yeah a lot of it's it's not like an origin story like mm-hmm. where he's you know he's gonna get the sword and you know he's gonna become he-man it's like he was he-man he just has to remember mm-hmm. you know i think i it's, mean it's, it's much better 
Yeah, it's, it's just I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good first issue, good setup. Well, you mentioned uh, you know in your the comic you drew back in the in way way back in the day there yeah. uh, that you killed off a lot of people. Um, <laughs> yeah. In this, a lot I saw a lot of a mixed reaction about the use of blood. And that happened in the Sir Laserlock comic, too. People still kind of complaining about the blood uh, being used. And it is kind of uh, violent in here. Like, you know, Adam does slash Beastman with the axe, and, and Beastman draws blood from Adam. How do we f- how do we feel about that? I didn't have a problem with it. I, I didn't I either. Mean, I, I didn't think it was, you know, ju- just done for the sake of it. You know, I mean, it, he's, I mean, Beastman's trying to kill him, so it's not, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to try and fight back, and I don't know, I didn't, I didn't see it as a big problem, I guess. I'm always on board with the more realistic uh, the treatment of Masters, the the more I like it, so I, I don't want a watered down Saturday morning cartoon version. We ha- we have that. We have the filmation series. I, I want something different and darker, and uh, so I don't have a problem with it either. Well, and um, I mean, I'm not really in the comic realm. What what's the age range? Like, what's the age range that is buying comic books? <clears throat> oh, I mean, it's if you're talking about superhero type stuff, it's mostly you know people in their 20s and up i mm-hmm. mean it's uh the demographic i mean really there aren't many kids buying comic books anymore mm-hmm. superhero type stuff um and actually rod and i went to uh Otacon, the big anime convention in baltimore uh we went there a couple weeks ago and just kind of sat and watched and it's just amazing the difference between uh the in the demographics because in anime uh you've got kids into it teenagers like all of these younger fans, and there were tons of them. I mean, it was just packed. It was such a difference from co- regular comic book conventions where you have mostly older fans there. Mm-hmm. Um, because comics nowadays are geared more towards an older audience. So, I mean, I certainly don't think that this issue of He-Man um, was out of place at all. With you know, well, I'm I mean, glad, you, glad you said that, too, because we always have this thing that, like... Um, you know, it's a uh, Mattel owns He-Man. It's a kid's toy line. It's hard for, say, the company maybe to break out of that mindset. But I think things like, you know, the Transformer movies, right? Doing tons of money. Um, stuff that's not just aimed at lower demographic children. It has more of a mass appeal for adults as well. Like, you know, the Transformers movies are PG-13. Uh, so is the Batman movie, you know, and, the, and these appeal to more of a wide audience. So I don't feel that there's anything wrong with a little blood. Uh, I mean, He-Man is a barbarian, right? <laughs> so, who you ask. Yeah. Well, I say he's a barbarian, but that doesn't, that, uh, he has a, he's a barbarian like character, but mm. he has what Conan doesn't have. And that's a heart. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and a good set of morals. That wasn't just brush your teeth after dinner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I also read some criticism uh, from fans that they uh, 
they seem to have a lot of but this was actually it was actually weird because it, it's like they were criticizing it but in a way it it did exactly what i feel this issue should have done made the fans ask questions so everything that it was getting criticized by like well wait a minute why is adam alive if he's going to kill him now shouldn't he have just killed him why did he not kill him before well maybe we'll find that out in issues you know, two through six. It, right. we, we're told up front that this is a miniseries, so therefore, in my opinion, there's going to be a story arc that goes through the entire six issues. You can't answer all of the questions in number one. That's no fun. Yeah, I think there is a tendency from a lot of comic readers to demand answers quite quickly. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's the impatience of having to wait a month or so for <laughs> to try and get those answers. Well, and but I'm quite happy to see it through i'm glad you said that because actually the right the second issue's been delayed and they switched writers mm. which makes me nervous actually yeah uh, I, did, I, I read that somewhere that's considering how good this first one was story-wise it does make me nervous that they're doing that yeah i mean i liked it i mean i i really hope that that it continues in a in a in a good direction um because I was, I was quite happy with it. I also have to say I loved, uh, and this is just kind of just a little fan. He <laughs> loved it. Um, that the issue, this, this series is actually called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So much like the Filmation show. And they added, you know, He-Man and the to the Masters of the Universe like style classics logo. And I just really, really like it. And I wish that they would give us a wallpaper or something of just that logo. Um, I just thought I'd throw that out there into the universe. <laughs> uh, but I, I really liked it. Um, so any final any final thoughts on on that issue? Just can't wait for issue number two, which is a good sign when you uh, finish the first one that you're looking forward to the second one. Very good point. I agree. So now we're going to switch over to the separate digital mini mini digitals i don't know what they're really called um but this one is just called masters of the universe so if you're searching um like online to buy them legally this one falls under masters of the universe the other one falls under he-man and the masters of the universe we already talked about the sir laser lot issue which was issue number one uh chapter one and now issue number two which is also called chapter two uh is the uh, Man at Arms uh, focused story. So, spoiler alert, hit pause if you haven't read this yet and go read it, and then come back. This one is centered around a story about Man at Arms going to a temple for the sorceress to, retri- to retrieve uh, a ruby that used to sit in the eye socket of Castle Grayskull. So, the Castle Grayskull used to have these two rubies that sat in their, its eye sockets. And, um, uh, which kind of like confuses me because man at arms was able, like, it was just as big as his hand and the eye sockets, right. Of castle Grayskull are like huge windows. Yeah. But weren't they sometimes depicted as having like the little tiny red spark glowing way back deep inside them. Right. I don't think it's supposed to fill the whole. No. Well, according to the picture, (laughs) yeah, it's like these two rubies are like stuck in its eye sockets. Yet they're... I mean, maybe they expand when they get put in the eye sockets. I don't know. Odd. Yeah. But um, 
Uh, so he has to go to this temple, and he has to get them the the ruby from like these characters that we've never really seen before. Um, they are bald. These characters. I don't know if that's a significance. You know, like Zodak is bald. Mm. So I didn't know if there was like a connection there. The elders are bald, at least in the you know like the Mike Young cartoon and stuff. Um, I didn't. I also didn't recognize the ship that Man at Arms flying um, in this issue. Um, please don't scorn me if I should recognize it. Um, I didn't either. <laughs> okay. The uh, what I did like was Castle Grayskull from the outside looked very much like the filmation um, Castle Grayskull. Um, Duncan does retrieve this ruby, only one of them, uh, for the for the sorceress. And for some reason, the sorceress's outfit <laughs> um, was very come hither, Duncan. And um, it's kind of there. In my opinion, there was some sexual tension implied between the sorceress and Duncan near the end of the the comic where the sorceress says that she can heal Duncan. Um, <laughs> I might just be reading more into this, right? But I really felt, given her outfit and the background we know of Duncan and the sorceress, um, that there was some sexual tension going on there. Um, but... Uh, I would agree with that because I think that's sort of what they were emphasizing too when he refuses and leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think well, that's, when he says that were, he's not a man of magic, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think they were definitely implying something there, but what is yet to be seen? Um, so how did we feel about this one? What was our reaction, um, Josh? Uh, it was good. It was. Uh, I liked it, I think, better than the first one. The first one, which I didn't think was bad by any means, but this one I think was better. Um, it's It felt like more of a piece of a story than a complete story, whereas I think the, the next two that we'll get into felt more like complete stories. This one just feels like uh, you know the first segment of, uh, of an episode before it goes to the first commercial break. Uh <laughs> To me, but it, but it was well done. I liked it. I particularly liked the ending with, with him saying what you were just talking about, not a man of magic and all that. It was, that was a, a neat way to, to uh, close it out. Leanne? Um, I thought it was, it was good. I, I liked it. I thought the art was really nice. Definitely um, a step up from the laser lot issue. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was a nice little story. And um, yeah, I did pick up on that at the end <laughs> with him and the sorcerers. Um, and I also thought he looked cool without the uh, all the armor on. You know, I, like when I he's did get, too. He's getting like blasted, and so he has to take the most of the armor off. Well, not all of it, but you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, whenever the one bald guy was like, he started talking about stripping or whatever. Yeah. I was like, what is going on in this comic book? <laughs> the, the sorceress looked like she's a go-go dancer, and then uh, they're telling Duncan to strip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean i thought it was kind of interesting too about the rubies with the the eyes because you know one can control what time or something and mm-hmm. the other one, one, yeah I, one was time one was space right so i thought that was kind of an interesting idea too so martin i enjoyed it i definitely like that they are doing new things with the sort of legend of grayskull with the eyes mm-hmm it's interesting to see them do something that's never been done before 
and then incorporate that in. So yeah, I enjoyed it. And um, I guess they, we really, you know, Josh, you said it's, it felt like it was, you know, uh, something that would happen right before the commercial break uh, in an episode. But perhaps, see, they couldn't do the rest because it wouldn't wouldn't be all age appropriate, uh, <laughs> given the sorceress's outfit and uh, the sexual tension there. There you go. Um, yeah, I rather enjoyed it. I, I did like it more than the laser lot. And uh, although I will say that that could also be just because I have no previous connection to the laser lot character, whereas obviously this really pulls you in you got sorceress and duncan you have the sexual tension there you got castle grayskull uh, you know it's all you got you get your little nostalgia burst more so with this one uh than you do with laser lot well and i think part of it for for you personally shads is that the uh sir laser lot was one of king grayskull's knights and we all know <laughs> how you feel about anything connected to king grayskull i i, I agree with john on that too <laughs> i am not a go. king grayskull fan there you go the only <laughs> thing right of that's connected to king grayskull that i like and approve of is the masterful dean stefan oh yeah <laughs> that's it of course uh, who was Dean's a writer awesome. yes he is awesome and yes. he just didn't know any better at the time. <laughs> so we just, we forgive him. Um, but yes, King Grayskull, were we ever going to have an episode where we don't mention my hate for King Grayskull? <laughs> um, but anyway, that was chapter two, Man at Arms, Man of Mystery, Man of the Ladies. Um, <laughs> wow. Up next is chapter three. Th- you know what this really feels like to me? Well, those golden book videos where it would be like, chapter three, the maze of doom. <laughs> uh, so we got issue three here is Battle Cat. And uh, sticking to the way the uh, Mike Young show handled Battle Cat, he does not speak. All of his speaking parts in this issue are in his head. Um, so again, spoiler alert, hit pause if you haven't read this one yet. Please go read it. But um, this is our Battle Cat story. And it definitely changes his his origin right that different from what happened in filmation um he's being attacked his we find out that originally he was kind of like it reminded me a lot of the lion king when i read it um like they had uh like to me like the panther the pack of panthers was like scar and uh little cringer was like simba and big cringer was like mufasa and (laughs) when they're like prancing around the way they're drawn, it made me think of how Simba is prancing around when he's singing I Just Can't Wait to Be King um, in The Lion King. Um, and then, of course, the Panthors come and they, you know, kill off all of the other cringer-looking tigers, including viciously eating um, uh, Mufasa, for lack of a better name, Um and then young cringer Simba runs away, and he's saved by what appears to be He-Man, right? But we're never really shown if it's He-Man. He's in shadow. Um, and, but the lightning comes down and ch- changes Cringer into Battle Cat. And he kicks all the other Panthors away. And um, that's basically the origin of, of Battle Cat. Uh, I guess he has, it's, they show that the reason he's cringer is he seems to have flashbacks, I guess, to this. 
And when he hears, like, you know, lightning and noise or something, he starts to get scared. Like, he kind of bumps into some palace butler or something that's carrying a sword. And then I'm assuming he has a nice conversation with Tila. Uh, this this woman has, like, Tila's tiara, but she has on, like, a one-piece, I don't know, exercise outfit and some type of blue cloak with purple fur. <laughs> and it she's never named um and she's reading a book uh i'm assuming it's tila blonde hair again i'm sick of tila with blonde hair but you know also real quick before i forget and i think i've been talking now for five minutes um <laughs> uh, in the they kind of show a little bit of a battle before uh battle cat flashes back and tila in this um, has on like this gold armor. She has blonde hair and she's holding a sword with a jewel, what looks like a jewel in the middle. And I just don't approve of that. Again, <laughs> I just wanted to reiterate that Tila should not be Shira. End rant. So how did we feel about this one? Battle Cat's origin. I was kind of indifferent. It kind of reminded me uh, of the Lion King. And I think that kind of threw me off because I don't really like that Disney movie. So... Uh, I liked it. I thought it was uh, it was also well done. It, one th- thing that bothered me a little bit, and I fully admit this is just my problem, because there's nothing in the previous canons to support anything that I'm about to say. For some reason, in my my own head, it's always been that Cringer was part of a a species of green tiger or whatever. So that part was fine. But it was also in my head that Panthor was sort of a one-off, one-of-a-kind of his type. So that threw me a little bit. Um, I don't think there's anything anywhere to support that. But other than that, uh, it was a good story. I, I like the fact that he doesn't talk. I approved of that in the Mike Young series as well. So uh, that's good. And I think the way that they did his thoughts to himself was uh, was good. And it, it made for an interesting story. Leanne? Um, I, I actually enjoyed it. I was kind of skeptical at first, um, but I, I thought that it it worked really well having his his thoughts, and, and they were so simplistic, um, which, you know, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was kind of neat to see the way his thoughts changed between when he was Battle Cat and Cringer. And um, I actually felt bad for him during the flashback because <laughs> you see him curled up with his mother and stuff. And then, you know, he's attacked by the, the panther creatures. It's um, very Lion King. Yeah, it is. Um, but I was kind of surprised that there was no Adam in this at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Why? That really threw me, like I said. And I was like, is that Tila? And why is she hanging out with Cringer? It really feels like it should be Adam. And I was suddenly really wanting ice cream. Um, <laughs> I apologize. It's just gone past my window. <laughs> suddenly ice cream trucks. Uh, I was saying, and since talking to Shadow afterward, uh, I think we're pretty much thinking that isn't. But I was sort of thinking that maybe that wasn't supposed to be Tila. That that might have been the queen, you know, yeah, Marlena. If that's the... that's. But she looks way too young to be Queen Marlena. And but maybe when Cringer first came to the palace, she would have been younger. But mm. 
I don't know. Why would... Ugh. It is confusing. I don't... I wish the iPad app, I could click on her and it would say, like, who she is. <laughs> I mean, it would kind of make sense, too. You said she's got, like, the purple on, which is, like, a royal color. Yeah, right? there's purple fur on her, like, uh, cape. It's a blue cape. Um... She does have on like a, you know, a tiara type thing. I guess it could be a crown. Blonde hair, though, looks very young and definitely not wearing. She's not wearing Tila's outfit. It's it's like a one piece blue. And to me, too, the way that she's acting toward Cringer, comforting him and all of that, that seems more like a Marlena trait. Yeah, Tila's she's not sympathetic. No, no. Except for that pookie thing, which <laughs> just died. But, um, <laughs> oh my, uh, Martin, what did you think? <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it's probably my favorite of the four. Hmm. Uh, as Leanne said, I like the change in attitude between the sort of cowardly younger cringer and then the brave cringer and how he flicks back between the two um even if it does make him slightly schizophrenic <laughs> um but i enjoyed it i like the characterization i like the origin and i like that they gave him a voice without giving him a voice <laughs> that's true it's kind of like the best of both worlds he's not yes. talking but we get to hear what he is thinking yeah very good point i like that so that's Battle Cat, and now we're on to Chapter 4, which is uh, King Randor. Uh, this one was a bit w- weird to me, but without being biased, we'll go through the little summary here. So it's, um, well, excuse me, it's just about Randor. It doesn't meant say King Randor or Captain Randor or anything, it just says Randor. It involves around kind of a flashback of... Randor and Duncan, back when Randor was a prince, he has mentioned that he's a prince, uh, but he's he has on a new outfit, and he's kind of fighting, um, I don't know if it's Leech, or a race of Leeches, but it's definitely Leech, um, I don't know if he's the only one, but he's like sucking, you know, the life out of people, and there's these like, zombies that uh, Duncan and Randor are, you know, attacking and stuff. There's an antidote that Duncan has that can save you when Leech, you know, sucks your essence or what have you. Um, Lots of blood in this one. Leech ends up sucking some villager. Randor gives him the antidote. Then Randor goes to this city in a mountain. He realizes that Leech had, um, you know, sucked, infected all of those people so Randor cuts the bridge so that the people can never get off the mountain. Um, and the whole premise of the story is Randor talking about the monster, and you think he's talking about Leech. But at the end, Randor is actually referring to himself as the monster, I believe, in my opinion, uh, for you know not being able to save those people and for the greater good of the realm. Uh, he has to trap them on their mountain alone to die. Sadness. Josh. Uh, this was, I think, the strongest story of the four. Um, 
Liked it. Loved the whole uh, dealing with Leech. I do think that this was a Leech, not the Leech. Uh, I like the kind of the vampire uh, overtones, but I'm a vampire fan anyway. Um, I, I just think everything on this story I thought was uh, was really, really well done. Gives more depth to Randor's character, fleshes out a little bit uh, Randor's and Duncan's relationship. Um, and uh, as I say many, many times, I like the darker elements. And I think a leech, this is exactly how I always wanted to see the leech character um, portrayed. And uh, so I was happy with it. Leanne? Um, I didn't like it as much as um, probably other people. Um, I, I I thought the story was okay. I thought it was cool seeing Leech, and and I had that same concern too. I didn't know if he was the Leech or just you know one of many. If, if he is one of many, then that's kind of scary that you know you could potentially have all these zombies running around. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I actually liked the story more for Duncan in it. Um. I just I thought it was a, a more a stronger story for Duncan because he seemed to be uh, more knowledgeable and more uh, I, I I get that Randor's still learning and and you know stuff in the story but I like seeing Duncan more in this I think um, and I thought the art style it probably wasn't my favorite um, after what the the previous two um, digital comics um but i think it worked for the story because it was kind of gritty and this is almost kind of like a horror type comic i guess Mm -hmm. good point um so yeah i mean it was it it was okay for me martin um yeah i liked i thought it was okay um wasn't my favorite of all of them but it wasn't my least favorite i really liked the use of leech and as josh said i think this is the way that leech should always have been used because he's quite scary in this one um I don't know if anyone else, I know Leanne watches it, <laughs> but um, it really reminded me of something that would happen in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, that's Especially true. Especially with um, all the talk about the realm. <laughs> yeah. Which I kind of liked. Hmm. Maybe I'll have to check out the show. Okay, that makes me like the comic a little bit more. <laughs> well, <laughs> now that I think it. <laughs> one of your comment comments made me like it more. I hated the art in this one however whenever you just made the comparison about like you know the zombies the gritty the horror aspect mm-hmm. to me now the art fits yeah i, I didn't it, you make the this, correlation yeah i mean the style initially i i knew that i didn't prefer it i guess as much as the um some of the past issues um but yeah i think it worked for the story i did like how they make you think he's the the monster he's referring to is leech but at the end, you find out the monster is him. And he's like yeah. still having uh, a conflict of what he had to do for the better of his people you know, of the realm. Um, you know, because he was this, you know, prince and he had to make the, the decision. Uh, one thing I, we, we know how you said in the Battle Cat issue, there, the lack of Adam. In this one, where I thought, again, they should have used Adam, was when uh, Randor is there, and, and it's Cringer, Tila, and He-Man um, kind of playing, flirting or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really thought that Adam should have at least been the one in that scene, given yes. that he is Randor's son, not He-Man. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, that threw me. 
Um, I totally forgot about it. But yeah, I thought that was really weird that it wasn't Adam, that it was actually He-Man like running around. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, yeah I didn't know if it was like some type of like hint, like this is after, you know, He-Man has already, or Adam has already revealed he's He-Man. But again, I've never liked, uh, and this is why I have a problem with the King Grace, or not King Grayskull, but uh, King He-Man, right, uh, figure, is Adam is Adam, He's not He-Man. Adora is Adora. She is not She-Ra. I don't want them to become their alter ego, I guess. You know what I mean? So it's like, I want him to be Adam, so he shouldn't be He-Man. Dressed as He-Man and stuff. I don't know. It's just a problem yeah, I, I have. Yeah, I see what you mean. I, 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 he was born Adam. They, the character is Adam. Yes, the character is Adam. the persona yes. that it's, he takes on when yes. he's in hero mode. Exactly. So. Although, I mean, I guess I can see that it would be more of a symbol to the people. King He-Man. He-Man is the hero, not Adam. Even if it's revealed that Adam is He-Man. He-Man has been the one that's been, like, you know, celebrated and... It, it probably makes more sense from a political standpoint. Yeah, yes. Yeah, from a character-driven story, you tend to want to connect with the character. But one thing I'd like to note here is that Tila looks at least like Tila this time. Yeah. Despite the blonde hair again, she actually has a Tila outfit. So I'm real confused at the switching of the outfits uh, in, in, in these uh in Well, these you know, issues. the... the uh, She's got to have more than one thing to wear. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably true for most of the characters. That's true. It adds a little bit more of realism. They don't wear that same smelly (laughs) (laughs) outfit every day. (laughs) So that doesn't bother me. Lack of soap on Eternia. (laughs) (laughs) But um, uh, he did kill Murder, Leech, as well, as far as I'm concerned. He, like, cut him in half. So I really hope that that's not the only leech because that means he dies pretty early. I mean, that he dies before Adora would be snatched. Yeah, I really I don't think it I don't think it is the leech. I think it is a leech and they're they're treating him like like I said like a vampire and just as there are you know, in mythology more than yeah, you know, there could be more than one vampire. I think the same idea with the leech. Well, one thing I will note is he does seem to have the the horde bat symbol yeah on his chest so that's why i was very uh, this might be the leech he's riding a panther though which well, could could okay. also be that the the leeches are a i mean we don't know anything this is pure speculation at this point but they could be some sort of creature designed by the horde that's true that's a creative uh, way to look at it. As well. Yeah, some sort of artificial creature that they've invented. Mm-hmm. Ah. And, you know, being an undead sort of character, he might well be resurrected at some point. Oh, true. that's true. That's a good point. If mm. You know, that's what he... He... Yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't know how to verbalize it, but I like the point. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Maybe even by Hordak, who we know, at least in the Mike Young series, did that essentially for Keldor when he mm-hmm. was about to die. So That's true. Hordak is great and powerful, and you should all remember that. <laughs> but Skeletor is better. Um, okay, yeah, you go with that theory. <laughs> 
Um, speaking of books, because this is a good segue for me to do a plug for someone. Uh, James Bustatoons Etoc, who's a friend of Masters Cast. Um, he is reprinting his The Unofficial Cartoon Guide to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which is a spectacular book. We had him on before uh, when the, uh, the book came out. He is reprinting it by popular demand, but he needs to have enough pre-orders before he can actually um, go to print it. Um, it does a, it, all 130 episodes of the original filmation. He-Man is covered in detail. It's 300-plus pages long, this book, 700-plus pieces of trivia. He talks about 460-plus deleted scenes. He lists over 360-plus examples of animation reuse, so he talks a lot about the stock footage. He has over 380 quotes, over 50 abandoned episodes are mentioned, and a lot more. The reprint will have a different cover. Uh, so even if you have the first one, hey, maybe you should buy the second one or buy the reprint because it has a different cover. Add to your collection today. Um, I would it's like a to fantastic. Book. It, it is, and he also does Serial Geek magazine. Um, unfortunately, James uh, has a long URL for me to give you uh, for this, and maybe he has a shorter one somewhere that I don't know about. Uh, but if you would like to pre-order the book, go to bustatoons.com/slash. He man, one word without a dash, underscore cartoon, underscore guide, slash guide dot htm. Uh, so rewind and listen to that a few times. Plug it into your browser and uh, go pre-order the book. It is well worth it. And I really hope that uh, he's able to complete an unofficial cartoon guide to She-Ra, Princess of Power uh, for the Filmation series because that is also desperately needed on your bookshelf, uh, if you already have this one or haven't purchased it yet, definitely purchase it ASAP. Because James would also like to bring uh, some uh, copies uh, to sell at PowerCon, which is the fan convention for He-Man, She-Ra, and Thundercats, because it's also combined with ThunderCon. So that's two conventions for the price of one. And uh, we just added some exciting guests, uh, such as Larry Dottilio just signed on. Uh, so I know he has a lot of fans. There's, uh, it's just been announced there's going to be a Swords of Power demonstration with Anthony DeLongis, who was Blade in the 1987 He-Man and the, Mas or the Masters of the Universe live action motion picture. So can you believe that? You'll get to see Blade... Ooh, fun Anthony DeLongis fact, which I discovered yesterday. Oh. <laughs> um, I was watching the special features on the Batman Returns DVD, <laughs> and uh, he taught Michelle Pfeiffer how to use the whip. Oh, really? Catwoman, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. He gets around like, town. Oh, it's Blade. <laughs> <laughs> and they interview him. Seems oh, like they do? Nice. I'll have to. I have, it's on the regular DVD? It's on the special edition one. Oh, oh, that's what I have. That's what I have. Yeah, okay. He's on that. I will have to watch that special feature then. Mm. Uh, so, Leanne, uh, you're going to be at uh, PowerCon. And yes. you were there last year, unlike these other two slackers that are with me. <laughs> um, so I wondered if you I could... would love to be there. <laughs> if anyone would like to pay <laughs> to get me to California, <laughs> I will happily come to PowerCon. So uh, I would like to echo what Josh has just said. 
but regarding me. <laughs> <laughs> Martin's plane ticket might be slightly more expensive. <laughs> Just slightly. You only have to go over a pond and through the river and over I'll the woods. I'll sleep in the luggage section with the pets and things. <laughs> I'm not picky. But since Leanne was there uh, last year, I wonder if she could kind of give a, her opinion of the show and if it's worth it for He-Man and She-Ra fans to, to come out and see. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. Um, I had a lot of fun last year. Um, met a lot of really cool people. Um, traded drawings with Dean Stefan, uh, which was awesome. Um, I gave him a drawing of uh, King Grayskull uh, lying dead on the ground and uh hero was over top you know standing over top of him um and he gave me a drawing of, of teal as a real father which is orco apparently um no but it's really cool you get to to meet you know creators and fellow fans and um it's a lot of fun yeah and we're uh i'm actually finalizing the programming schedule for PowerCon. that is going to be announced soon we have jam-packed i'm talking jam-packed panels people um on saturday and sunday it happens september 22nd to 23rd in uh, torrance california uh, which is just uh, 10 minutes from the los angeles international airport so very very easy to get to um the programming uh we hope to release this week next week um jam-packed saturday from like 10 a.m when the convention opens till like midnight we have stuff going on for everyone tons and tons of panels we have a lot of different panels than last year um and sunday is pretty much packed as well i'm finalizing everything i think i'm not allowed to say but i think leanne is going to be on a panel uh so there's a little hint for you for some of the some of the programming that's coming up um but it's going to be a great time great time to mingle with all the fans if you are there please 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 come up and say hello uh to me i don't bite uh (laughs) yet uh so make sure you say hi um and uh, I'm going to try to have some Master's Cast goodies uh, to give out. So that's the plan. Uh, so definitely go to PowerCon. Uh, for more information, go to thepowercon.com and uh, buy your tickets. There's also uh, what's it's called the uh, Roast Google Dinner Dinner, uh, where you can actually buy a seat to eat with the talent that worked on He-Man, She-Ra, and Thundercats. So, like you could be sitting next to... Larry Dottilio, you could be sitting next to Dean Steffen. You could be sitting next to one of the four horsemen, um, eating dinner, chatting, having a good time. Uh, there are still a few tickets left for that, too, so definitely check out the website. And Leanne, you attended the dinner I last did. year. And how was that? That was awesome. Um, I was sitting next to Dean Steffen and Earl Norum, and Whoa. it was it was awesome. Good eats, good talk, good conversation. Yeah. Mingling with the big wigs. As we like yes, to say, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's. I think that's everything we wanted to cover, right? Yes. Uh, no. Maybe so. I think so. Think so. Think so. Mm. We could oh. talk about the injustice of Stratos being killed. <laughs> oh, that's but. right. We should have had you here <laughs> last episode. Um, even though it wasn't his fault, it, well, remember he said it wasn't yeah. in his bio. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't. So he. But only... he did approve of it in the end, apparently. Yeah. It's... 
Ah, uh, rest in no, peace. No, I do. I, I appreciate all the condolences and sympathy from everyone. <laughs> um, that was nice. Thank you. Yes, because for for those who don't know, way dating back to the mailing list days, Leanne has always been pro Stratos, one hundred and ten percent. Yep. So you don't want to mess with Stratos when you're around Leanne. That's not a wise idea at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, my favorite character is dying everything. So uh, <laughs> I was just, that, was a, that was a horrible weekend for me because, you know, I hear about Stratos and that I don't pay that much attention to the bios, actually. Um, I kind of see them as their own thing. So I'm not as you know, horribly upset by it, I guess, <laughs> once I thought about it later. Because um, it's a it's its own thing, you know, whatever. But then that was also the same weekend I found out that DC Comics was screwing over Tim Drake, who's always been my favorite superhero character. So it was a bad weekend for Leanne. Aww. <laughs> so, yeah. Rest Tim Drake, or er, Stratos and Robin both get shafted. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? I know. Oh. Well, we probably made like Natasha, Fang Man, and um, Jitsu fans a little mad, so <laughs> it all evens out there. I do like Jitsu. I do like him. And I like Natasha. I do. It's not like I don't I don't hate I them. Like it's just they're not high I understood the yeah, they're not they don't have as much draw as some of the other yeah, ones they could have yeah. slotted in there. I mean we I, I would have liked to see more horde members maybe. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, but I was on the fence for a while. I just. But with the exception of Catra last year, for some reason, we always seem to be getting the the Horde Horde members that were part of the Mass Universe toy line at the ends of the years. And I'm not sure if that's been deliberate, but we've got Grizzlor at the end of the year. We got Leech at the end of the year. We've got, uh, uh, we're getting uh, Mosquito at the end of this year. Seems like that, those are always the ones that they close the years out with for some reason hmm. which i i don't think is wise i think those are pretty high profile characters those should be one you want to start with the year off it with. could it could be the whole idea of like well we're gonna throw these real popular ones kind of at the end so that you don't forget about uh classics and it makes you want to subscribe but you can't hmm. subscribe again until no that doesn't make sense because you can't subscribe again what till july yeah so yeah I, it doesn't that that doesn't really work and i don't yeah. i don't think mosquito is a high profile horde member by any stretch sorry dan yeah i was gonna say don't tell that to pixel dan because he is because <laughs> pixel dan is 110 percent, and lou ferrigno taught me that you can do 110 percent of everything in your <laughs> oh life oh my god <laughs> yeah. I, I thought leanne would like that reference yeah um mosquito is dan's stratos Yes, that's true. Mosquito is Dan Stratos, but I forgive. Well, a I have to forgive Dan because a Mosquito is a Horde member, and Horde is awesome. But b uh, Pixel Dan is one hundred and ten percent on board for baby stealing Hordak, and I <laughs> I have to thank Count Marzo for tweeting about baby stealing Hordak a few days ago, which has created my new campaign obsession, which is baby stealing Hordak. <laughs> More information to come soon. Baby stealing Hordak. Somehow I think that they're not going to go with that name. For some reason. (laughs) Baby stealing Hordak? You find that offensive? (laughs) 
Baby stealing Hordak. I think it's, it's very catchy. Me, it's making me picture Hordak like done up like Pennywise. That's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm picturing. Well, baby stealing Hordak is part of the canon, <clears throat> and people will just have to accept that that he stole a baby. <laughs> the name is creepy. <laughs> he stole a baby. I'm just being accurate. <laughs> he did. He did. He stole a baby. <laughs> he didn't try to. Remember in Austin Powers, that guy wanted to eat the baby. So he didn't want to eat the baby. He just wanted to steal the baby. There's a complete difference. It's much more sane to steal the baby. He raised the baby. Yeah, and he raised the baby. He put food <laughs> on that baby's table. Okay? He's a, father, <laughs> he's a saint. He's a saint. There you go. I guess you could call him adopted father, Hordak. There you go. There were certain segments of this Masters cast that were just disturbing. (laughs) I would just like to point out. All in a good day's work. (laughs) Um, Just as a little plug, I updated the Masters cast Facebook page. So if you haven't liked Masters cast on Facebook, you should go like it because I put a new banner on there. And... It's and follow us on Twitter. It's spectacular. But it's uh, facebook.com slash masterscast, one word, and uh, like it because you love the new banner I made. It has, little, it has pictures of, of John, Katie, and Josh when they're little kids because I don't have one of Martin <laughs> uh, holding anything He-Man. But, uh, you know, in my massive Martin <laughs> picture collection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't have one of those. Oh, shucks. Uh, but uh, so that's uh, facebook.com slash masterscast. I'd appreciate it if you like us because that's the in thing to do, you know. It's even on movie commercials, like us on Facebook. Okay. Thank you. Uh, anyway, thanks for downloading, listening, and your continued support. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I am Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. I'm Josh the Lioncourt, also known as Lioncourt. And I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratos Macca. And uh, real quick, we want to wish our best wishes to Katie, who unfortunately had a loss in her family uh, this weekend, which is why she couldn't be here to record for us. Um, so our condolences and love out to her and her family this weekend. And that's why we need to make sure we wish everyone a good, good journey. journey.